Open your Bibles to the book of Genesis, chapter 21. We'll be looking at verses 12 through 21 today, but verse 19 will be our key verse. Now, have you ever had trouble finding something? (laughs) Of course not. Not that we would admit anyway. And I know that's a silly question because we, we all have trouble finding things, especially me. I misplaced my keys, my wallet. I've even misplaced my Bible while I'm here at church. If you ever see me just wandering around aimlessly, it's because I'm looking for my Bible because I've laid it somewhere and I can't remember where I've put it. Now, there are times that, you know, you misplace something and then you search for it and look around for it. But then there's other times where something is just right there in front of you and you never see it. Now, how many times has that ever happened? One time I was over at my mom and dad's and I was like, oh, I like this, you know, what y'all have done here. When did y'all do that? My mother was like six months ago. You never notice it. You just don't see it. Just like when I'm, when I'm searching for something, I've misplaced it, and then I will sit there and look and look and look, and it's in a place where I've already looked. I just overlook it. I don't see it. Not seeing something that is in plain sight, or not seeing something until someone points it out to us. 
Has that ever happened? Where they point it out and then you, you finally see it. Now this is what happened with Hagar. She didn't see something until God pointed it out, even though it was right there near her. Again, open your Bibles to Genesis 21, and we'll be looking at verses 12 through 21. It's written, But God said unto Abraham, Let it not be grievous in thy sight for the child, and for thy bondwoman, and all that Sarah shall say unto thee, Hear her voice, for in Isaac shall thy seed be called. As for the son of the bondwoman, I will make him a nation also, because he is thy seed. So Abraham arose up early in the morning, and took bread and a bottle of water, and gave it unto Hagar, putting it on her shoulder, and the child also, and sent her away, who departing wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. And when the water of the bottle was spent, she cast the child under a certain tree. Then she went and sat her over against him afar off about a bow shoot. For she said, I will not see the death of the child. And she sat down over against him and lift up her voice and wept. Then God heard the voice of the child and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said unto her, What aileth thee, Hagar? Fear not. For God hath heard the voice of the child where he is. Arise, take up the child, and hold him in thine hand, for I will make him a great people. And God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water. So she went and filled the bottle with water, and gave the boy drink. So God was with the child, and he grew, and dwelt in the wilderness, and was an archer. And he dwelt in the wilderness of Paran, and his mother took him a wife, out of the land of Egypt. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, is we just thank you, Lord, that we could just be here today to fellowship. We just thank you, Lord, for all the blessings that you've given us. And Lord, I just ask your blessings upon the reading of your word. And Lord, just be with us today as we worship. Lord, I just pray that you would open up our hearts and our eyes to your word, that you would just illuminate your word. And Lord, if there's anyone here that needs to make any decision today, I just pray that you would speak to their hearts. And Lord, I just pray that you would just be with us today as we worship. Lord, that you would also be with those that were mentioned today on the prayer list, those that are sick and shut in, those that have lost loved ones. We just lift each one up to you, Lord, and just ask your blessings upon each one. And again, Lord, we just thank you and praise you for the many blessings that you've given us. And Lord, I just pray that you would just speak through me today and give me the words to say that the words that are spoken would be your words. And Lord, I just pray that you would bind down Satan and let him have no part of this service. We just ask this in your son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, to give some background about what's going on in this passage of Scripture, if you turn back into the book of Genesis, particularly in chapter 13, you're going to see God making a covenant with Abram. And we first see this in Genesis 13 verses 14 through 18 where God promises Abram that he's going to make Abram a mighty nation, that the land he was going to give Abram this, this place of the land in, in the land of Canaan where he was going to make this nation and he promises Abram that his descendants would be like the sand of the, the sea 
and that all the earth would be blessed through Abraham and his descendants. And we see this in, in Genesis 12 and Genesis 13, Genesis 15. We see it in Genesis 17, Genesis 18, and then in Genesis 22. And again, that covenant that he made was just to, he was going to make a great nation out of Abraham. That Abraham would have a child. And through this descendant, the entire earth would be blessed. But it didn't happen when Sarah and Abram wanted it to happen. God had promised Abraham these things, and when it didn't happen immediately, whenever Abram and Sari wanted it to happen, they take matters into their own hand. And what happens? Sari gives Abram her maid, Hagar, to be his wife, his second wife. And what Sari was, had told Abram, she said, you know, go in, marry my, my maid Hagar and raise a child by her, have a child by her, and then I'm going to call that child my son. And Abram was like, okay. And he goes in there and he, he marries her. And when that happens... Of course, they named the child Ishmael, and when that happens, when Hagar sees that she has a child by Abraham, or Abram as he was known at the time, she starts to despise Sari. And Sari starts to be mean to her. And then in chapter 16, verses 4 through 10, Hagar runs off while she's still pregnant. She runs off. And God tells her to go back. He says, go back to Abraham and Sarah, and because this child is Abraham's, I'm going to make him a great nation, but you need to go back. And Hagar does. Then, once this happens, about 14 years later, Ishmael is 14 years old, Sarah becomes pregnant, and she has a child by Abraham. And when Ishmael was 14, Sarah sees Ishmael mocking her and Isaac, Abraham's son. So she tells Abraham to kick Hagar out. Kick Hagar out, kick Isaac, or Ishmael out because Isaac was going to be the heir. Even though he was the second born and not the first born, he was the one that the promise of God was going to come through. So she says, kick Ishmael out. Get rid of Hagar and get rid of Ishmael. Now, why would Sarah say this, especially since before she had said, you know, I'm going to raise this child as my own son. It was because of the mocking. 
Because the promise was to Isaac. Because in mocking Isaac, Ishmael was mocking Abraham, the one that God had made the covenant with. So she tells Abraham to kick them out. And Abraham was grieved by this. And he didn't want to do it because Ishmael was also his son. But then God tells Abraham to go ahead and do it. And God reminds Abraham. He says, hear the voice of your wife. We see this in in verse 12. Listen to your wife because it's through Isaac that this covenant is going to come. But then he also reminds Abraham of something he had already told Abraham before. He said, I'll bless Ishmael as well because Ishmael is also your son. And he tells Abraham that 12 princes are going to come. We see this earlier. He said 12 princes are going to come through Ishmael. So they cast Hagar and Ishmael out. And in casting them out, Abraham gives Hagar and Ishmael a loaf of bread and a bottle of water. That doesn't seem like a lot of stuff, does it? No. A loaf of bread and a bottle of water, and we see in verse 14 that they depart. And then it says that they were wandering in the wilderness of Beersheba, just wandering around. Think about that. Having been cast out of everything that you knew, given a bottle of water and a loaf of bread, and now you're just in the wilderness wandering around, not knowing where to go, what to do. In a sense, looking for something and not finding it. Because if you think about it, they had no place to go. We do the same thing if you think about it. How many times do we just wander around? not knowing where to go. And we're Christians, and we do that, not knowing what to do. But then think about the lost. You know, we are supposed to have the light. But many of us don't use the light to find our path, and we sit there and wander around not knowing what to do, not knowing where to go. But we have the light. But the lost don't even have the light, do they? They just wander around. Not knowing what to do, not knowing where to go. They just wander around in the wilderness of sin, the darkness of sin. 
But we do the same thing, especially when we fall into sin. Looking for something, anything, to fill us at that moment. To fill their life, to fill the need. And that's what Hagar and Ishmael were facing. They didn't know where to go, what to do. They had lost everything that they had known. The comfort that they had known. And they were just wandering in the wilderness. And what happens? Their water runs out. Their water runs out. And when the water is spent, Hagar takes Ishmael and puts him under a tree and walks off. And it says that she walks about a bow shoot away. If you were to take a bow and shoot the arrow, she walked about the length that that arrow would have traveled away from him. Because she says, I don't want to see the boy die. She walks about a bow shoot away. And then it tells us she starts to weep. So here they are in the wilderness, wandering around, then their water runs out. They're thirsty. And she lays Ishmael down under a tree, and then she walks off. Why would she do that? Again, think about the times we wander around. Not knowing where to go, not knowing what to do, where to turn. We feel that we are hopeless. She thought she was hopeless. She felt all hope was gone. They were out of water. They were thirsty. They had been wandering in this wilderness and they couldn't find any water. And she felt hopeless. That all hope was gone. And because there was no hope in her mind, she starts to weep. She felt overwhelmed. We get that way. Even as Christians, we feel that way at times. But what about the lost? The people that are lost, wandering around, feeling hopeless, feeling overwhelmed, feeling that all hope is gone. But the difference between people that are saved and people that are lost is we have hope, don't we? Even when we feel hopeless. We have hope through Jesus Christ, through God. But when we get into the point where we're wandering around, thinking all hope is gone, what happens? We don't remember the promises we have in God. 
But if you remember something, Hagar had a promise, didn't she? God had told Hagar that he was going to make Ishmael into a great nation. He had also promised that to Abraham. So when Hagar felt hopeless, she did have hope in the promises of God, but she couldn't remember it. Same thing happens to us. And what happens? The angel of God calls to Hagar from heaven. And look at what he asks her. In verse 17, he says, What aileth thee? What's wrong? What aileth thee, Hagar? And then he tells her not to be afraid. Fear not. And then look at what he says. He says, He heard the voice of the child. He heard the voice of Ishmael. And he came to answer. He heard prayer. He heard their prayer. That's what he was saying. He had heard the voice of Ishmael. He had heard the prayer. And then he tells her to take up the child, to hold him. And then he reminds her of the promise he made, a promise he had already told her about. He said, I'm going to make him a great nation. I'm going to make him a great nation. And we again, we see that promise in Genesis chapter 16, verses 10 through 12, where he says, I'm going to make him a great nation. And he reminds her again of his promise. Ishmael would be a great multitude of people. As I mentioned earlier, God had said that he would have 12 princes descended from him. He was going to be a great people. And God would do this because he was Abraham's son. And then what happens? God opens her eyes. He opens her eyes. Now I want you to think about that. God opens her eyes and she sees a well of water. Think about how overwhelmed she must have felt. The sadness, the weeping, the hopeless situation she thought she was in, there was a well of water right there, near her. And she couldn't see it. Again, how many times have we done something like that? Hagar could not see the well of water that was before her because in her despair, she was blinded to it. 
She couldn't see it when it was right there, even though it was nearer. She couldn't see it because her despair had blinded her. Salvation was right there. And she missed it. She missed it. We're like that as well. Missing things that we should see. Missing things that are so near to us that we blind at ourselves that we can't see it. Think back when you were lost. How many times did you do that? Salvation right there and you never see it. Because you're blinded to it. And it takes others to point it out. Someone sharing the gospel. And then sometimes God just has to open our eyes. And we see it. God had to open her eyes so she could see the salvation that was right there near her. He had to open her eyes so that she would see it. Remind her of his promises. And he does the same with us. When we're wandering around in the wilderness of sin, not knowing which way to turn, he opens our eyes. He convicts us of the sin. He points us in the correct direction to go. He points out what we're doing wrong through his word. And he shows us where to find the water for our thirsty souls. He does that for us. Think of it another way. With Hagar's heart being blinded in despair, she was grieving, she was wandering around, she was thirsty, she was thinking that there was no hope, she was thinking that her son was going to die, she didn't know where to turn. She couldn't see the water that was there. The life-giving water that was near. God had to what? Call her. He had to call her. He had to open her eyes. He had to show her where to go. Calling her and telling her where the water was. And reminding her of his promise. He does the same with us. When we're lost, wandering around, not seeing the salvation offered in Jesus Christ, God has to open our eyes. Why? Because we're blinded to Him. We're blinded by sin, by our darkened spirituality, by our dead heart, because we're spiritually dead without God, he has to open our eyes to his promises. He has to show us which way to go. 
he has to show us where we find the water. His son. His salvation. Why? Because if God didn't call us, if he didn't point us to Christ, we would never find him on our own. We would be like Hagar, never seeing the salvation when it's right there near us. That's why God has to call us. That's why God has to point it out to us, even when it's within our reach. Salvation is of the Lord, and we see that with Hagar and Ishmael. He had to show them where to go, where to turn. And he does the same with us. He calls us, he convicts us, he opens our eyes, he opens our heart. He gives us his promises, he gives us his son, he gives us his word. And he also points us to his son, Jesus Christ. Left to our own devices, what would have happened to Hagar? She would have just let Ishmael die. And then she would have died as well because she didn't know what to do. Left to our own devices, we wouldn't know where to turn. We wouldn't know what to do. God had to open her eyes and he has to open our eyes as well. He shows us where to go, where to turn, and what to do. And when we see this, when he opens our eyes, we see that he's never far from us. Just like he was never far from Hagar. Let's stand for prayer. Most gracious and loving Father, Lord, we just thank you for this day that you've given us. We thank you, Lord, for all the many blessings that you've bestowed upon us. And Lord, I just pray that you would be with us as we go into this time of invitation. Again, Lord, if there's anyone that needs to make any decision, I pray that you would speak to their hearts. Just continue to be with us and overshadow us through the love and watch care. We just ask this in your Son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you're here today and need to make any decision, come as we sing.